For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, April 27th, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...more essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed in the dollar... ...is It's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Monitor. Good morning. What up, fam? I'm Troy Harmon, here today with Casey Smith and Michael Griffin, both of whom work in our financial planning department, planning and implementations, because a plan is no good unless you insist on it being implemented, right? That is correct, Troy. There you go. So many people don't like to implement it. It's got a doorstop. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it does tend to be part of our human nature that uh, even if we have a plan, it takes a little getting used to sometimes, and you want to push against somebody, and, and that's what you guys are here for, the whipping post. That's right. We're here of to our help, them, help them implement the We're plan. We're here to help. Those who fail to plan, plan to fail. Wow. That, that was deep. deep. Really deep. Just, you know, got to go. Got to go somewhere. Yeah, there you go. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, both of you guys have uh, designations that help you in this uh, in the, the uh, planning phase of uh, of uh, financial planning, right? That is correct. And uh, you are a CFP, right, Michael? Yes, sir. Which is a certified financial planner. Certificate. Don't be misusing the marks. Certified the financial planning certificate. Yes. Yeah, I've I've got the same deal. I've, I am a CFA charter holder, which I talk about from here to here and again but it is chartered financial analyst so contrary to popular opinion that has nothing to do with chick-fil-a cfa is not chick-fil-a right. and <laughs> i also just cannot use it as a noun so i'm a cfa charter holder yeah casey you uh you are a um, cfp sar- certificate as well certificate right. sergeant i tried to call well, you i don't know it's, uh, you're a lieutenant who knows <laughs> what uh no prior military experience, but none whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. and you hold some other designations, or at least one. I do. I, I do. Of, right? SEPA, which is a certified exit planning advisor. We've talked about that one a little bit lately, but why not just flesh it out a second? Yeah. So we help uh, small business owners determine how is <clears throat> excuse me the most appropriate way to exit their business, try to maximize the value uh, of what they can get for their business, whether that's Succession planning and, and transferring that on to somebody in their family or um, passing it, selling it to a, a third party or private equity, whatever the right. transaction looks like. A lot of times that winds up being a, a discussion where you have to go back and fix prior mistakes. Like if the business yeah. doesn't have a, a buy-sell agreement Absolutely. among partners or various other things. and Risk also mitigation in the beginning, trying to, to make sure the house is in order, their accounting is sure. compliant, and all the books and records are Everything being kept. Everything is ship-shape and ready for a transfer yeah, or transaction, sure. if in fact that's the way they prefer to go. Absolutely. And, and even working out the details of will we go through a, 
you know, what kind of transition are we looking for? Is this going to be a familial pass down? Is this yep. going to be sell to another partner, find somebody new and that you don't know? Details like that. Precisely. Right? And then yeah. what are you going to do on the personal side? You know, what do you, first of all, what are you going to do with yourself after you yeah, step retirement. away from the business? Yeah. What does that look like? That's, that's really kind of where the CFP comes in a lot, yeah. right? And then, how, you know, how much money do you need to get out of the business in order to make your plan work? So there you go. Get to get to wear a lot of different hats in that engagement, yeah. which is fun. And, and I help a little bit with the you do certified valuation analyst uh, designation yeah. that I that I carry as well. So I can do the business valuation. What do you think? Just because you value public becomes, companies, you can value private ones as well. Well, I, I mean know. they're they're very similar, <laughs> but there are some differences, no doubt. Yeah, no uh, yeah we look at cash flows a lot. So uh, not only that, but also like a market related or market based valuation. That's part and parcel of what we do almost every day for publicly traded companies, but we can apply that to private, closely held businesses as well. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, we do have a stock market out there, and why not talk about that for a second? Uh, looks like we had uh, another increase this week, 1.09%. The S&P 500 increased. Um, year to date, we're up almost 18%, 17.68%. Uh, with, uh, it looks like, uh, this thing is not sorted, but I would have to say that information technology, having gained 28% year-to-date, is by and away the leader there. The, uh, the laggard would have to be healthcare, uh, which is positive, but only 2.4% higher than, uh, than it started out the year. So, <clears throat> a little bit of, uh, interesting goings on there uh, communication services which is relatively new uh, started last year we had a significant change it used to just be telecommunications and now uh, we've got things like uh, Disney and Google and uh, various other companies that actually create content um, I think Netflix is in there as well uh, for us for our uh, uh, our entertainment pleasure right yeah so, Troy, who, who would have thought at the end of last year with the market selling off as hard as it did in the fourth quarter that we would be sitting here, you know, just a little over one quarter into the year, up 18% almost? Yeah, we fun- we've made back everything we lost yep. from September 20th. Uh, we did hit all new highs, all-time highs again this week, So, uh, and that was the first sign we had seen of it. So, you know, it took several months. But the market just basically bounced it's, right back. It's been very resilient, even given you know a lot of the the news and speculation from analysts, including ourselves. Really, yeah, that, no doubt. That we're well. The, the valuations are high, right? I mean, they they still remain high. Everything is valuations are high. So the yield curve still has a weird Nike swoosh look to it. Yeah. So uh, you know where you've got the one year um, Treasury yield that's still higher than the two, three, and five. It's yeah. a it's a weird kind of situation, and what's what it all started with was speculation that the the uh, Fed was going to raise interest rates in December. They did. They, they did. followed through. Yep. And uh, we have had all manners of, uh, uh, I guess, when you look at the economy, a lot of the economic data looked really bad at yeah. the end of 2018. And it has looked bad for, you know, months into 2019. We are starting to see some of that change a little bit. But right. the reality is the only difference that we've seen is the fact that the Fed said, all right, we're going to be more accommodative and probably even stop that uh, 
that uh, the fiscal tightening that we had, uh, while we talked about quantitative easing yeah. a few years ago, they were doing basically unwinding that. We called it quantitative tightening. Others do as well. But they said that they would stop that by September. So here we are. Uh, the Fed raises in December, and then within a month they're talking about, oh, well, we'll be yeah, as well, accommodative as possible. Don't back. you worry. That was a mistake. Yeah, but uh, futures are implying that we're going to have uh, a, actually a rate cut early next January. year. Right? Yeah, so. no doubt. It, it's over 50% probability based on the options market. And, of course, you know, a lot of folks think the, the options market is the smart money, and I would have to agree with that to a great extent. Um, but forecasting anything financial – for six eight months away, eh, you, you get a little bit you get a little bit iffy. There. Here's the here's the thing that I that I find interesting is that you have unemployment at what three point eight percent or something yep. around that. No, three eight. So you're you're under or you're at more than full employment. However, you want to phrase that. Yeah, full employment is usually considered somewhere between five and a half or four and a half and five percent. So at what point do you get wage growth, which then would imply inflation, which would imply rate increases i mean don't doesn't this have to we've been talking about unemployment being low for right. years yeah um and but inflation is remaining low so are, are companies just not wanting to increase the wages or or is it no still? they're increasing wages we're, okay. we're seeing that we're seeing and that's part of the reason the consumer seems to be feeling healthy right you know mm-hmm. we always look at consumer expectations and uh, it's been a while. They they expect things to get worse, so we're not the only ones with the pointy head talking about how how uh, economic conditions are, are likely to fade. Uh, even the consumer is bought into it, and they talk about their current situation being okay. Yeah. I think a lot of that is because their wages have grown faster than uh, inflation over the last few months, and then they say that things going forward are not going to be good. And a lot of times they ask them about inflation. So the consumer is expecting inflation. Right. And that's been one of those telling notes. You know, you talk to an economist, they regress everything against everything else. And that's one of the ones that seems to be to have some correlation with future uh, economic weakening is when the consumer believes that it's going to happen. Right. So, you know, it's one of the reasons that we watch that. But, uh, again, you know, what I think you can go back and think about just what happened in December. Our president decided instead of the Fed being a, an independent group that he was going to start telling them what to do. Yeah. And he was he was all happy to tweet out the fact that they didn't need to raise interest rates. It almost felt like at the time they were going to raise it just to spite him. Well, I think they did. I think I, they did. I, I I wouldn't argue against it. It's impossible for me to know, but uh, it surely felt like that. But Especially to some extent, you got to feel like they were trying to to retool for this pending recession that we have been talking about. Right. Uh, I mean, if we do have have any kind of recession, it's going to be they're not going to have a whole lot of arrows in their quiver to to fight it. No, not at right. That's not the, at all. That's been the fear, and I think that's the reason we got the very first interest rate increase we did back in December of fifteen. Uh, and that's what they talked about. It was uh, it wasn't our our current Fed chief um, back then. We had uh, what's her name? Janet Yellen. Yellen. Janet Yellen. There we go. All right. Well, we're going to take a real quick break here. Uh, stick around. We've got a dog of the week coming up. And later in the show, we'll talk to KSU Care Director um, KSU, being Kennesaw State University Care Director Marcy Stidham, uh, and she will explain a whole lot about a great program they have going on over there. Like I say, you're listening to 
Money Talks. Stick around. We'll be right back. comes from the New Zealand Herald um, online version, uh, but they've only been around a couple of years. Uh, it's a vegan restaurant, and uh, a few years back when they started, they uh, decided they would um, implement a man tax to help close the, the gender gap in pay, and they were giving the money to a charitable organization. It wasn't that they were going to fix it all by themselves, but it uh, it opened them up to international uh, scrutiny. A lot of folks were not real happy. And, and what they found is it wasn't just folks abroad. It was their own local uh, their own local people. This is out of Melbourne, by the way. And um, sad news is this week they're closing. Closed for business. So how much, how much tax do you think it was? What's a reasonable tax? To close the gender gap? To anybody? I mean, 5%. I was going to say 2. Oh, yeah. How about 18? 18. So you go into their restaurant and they would put it on. If you were a man, you paid the man tax. But I think others would pay it as well. So they were trying to make the change and and hoping that others would catch on and fix it all. Ultimately, they become the. I I hate to use gender here. I was going to say the whipping boy, but maybe the whipping (laughs) person. Uh, and they were open for a couple of years, though. They made that, it a couple of years. Is it then a they vegan decided, restaurant? Vegan, yeah. I mean... Vegan. Woman-owned. I don't know. Vegan restaurant. I'm not trying to, you know, be sexist or anything, but I don't know too many men who go to vegan restaurants to begin with. I was yeah, thinking I mean, the you, same thing. But I, yeah, say I mean, not that there's anything wrong with it. I'm no, I no. There, there are some. I mean, sure. some folks like some tofu it's good or to whatever. be health, healthy, but I mean... Right. That was probably their first problem. If they would have done it at like a steakhouse, they might have been able to stay. Still, in still stick around. I'd pay the man have... tax to eat a steak. Yeah, if it was a, a good, good steak. steak, a manly, a manly T-bone uh, well, steak. Well, that's the other the, thing. I don't know about eighteen percent. I mean, if the demographic is truly what you say, KC, they wouldn't. They weren't going to be gathering much of a man that's tax. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, you got so. to do your market research before you implement yeah. something like well, that. Well, and I also, I also believe you have to be aware of your clientele or your potential. Exactly. You know, you yeah. gotta. Yeah, you want to start, start at two percent. I was gonna say start with a yeah. smaller number. Start That's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> but what they had done is tried to, you know, they wanted to uh, engage in a in an open discussion about the gender gap and various other things, and ultimately they failed. Uh, you know, they always seemed, at least from reading the article, that uh, it, it seemed that they were trying to, to go about it in a non-confrontational way. But at the end of the article, they said they weren't really afraid of confrontation, so maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. But the confrontation seems to have at least made a business fail. But That well, is true. That's, yeah. yeah that's, I, it's probably not it's, the it's best. It's an interesting experiment. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I, I kind of like the concept of the – not just let's, let's do a social experiment here, open up a business and t- make a tax on – 
one gender to try to close the gap. I applaud their effort. Yeah. No, I, I guess. I mean, don't think that would fly in the U.S. Though. No, stranger things have happened. I mean, I've heralded businesses on the show where you know it's hot dog water, and somebody was going to sell a weird product, or you know, another service was. Uh, I think in uh, some Asian cultures, they they actually have a robust business by locking people in jail for the weekend. That's right. We we I was on the show and that was the dog of the week, I believe. Yeah, it's bizarre some of the wow. things that people use to try to make a living and and even even tainted blood. Remember we had yeah. uh, you might not have been on that show, but tainted blood was another one. They were going to give you this tainted blood that you just lick, I think it was, and it was going to help you your immune system if it didn't kill you, obviously. You know what, Troy? I think I'll just stick with helping people plan their financial future. Yeah, I think that's an awesome way. And, hey, why don't we talk about that a little since that's what we're here to do anyway. But I do like to herald some of those weird things that people do for business because uh, we run into business owners, especially, KC, when you and I go out and talk to folks about uh, about the businesses they've created and might be 18-, 20-year-old businesses, some more than that, mm-hmm. uh, and how they've succeeded through all those years uh, with their business, so it, it's fun to uh, to kick around the notions. All right, so uh, this week we got a circumstance. Uh, uh, we'll call it a situation that uh, that we want to talk about. Jacob and Marlena are young professionals uh, trying to make their money stretch, and what is in the way? But anybody? Student student loans. Student loans. That's really a, a serious issue with a lot of young folks these days. Uh, these these two are a couple have a, a two year old child. Um, and collectively about a hundred thousand dollars in debt. She has twenty five thousand five hundred, uh, which uh, she pays two hundred thirty dollars a month. Um, and uh, Jacob currently uh, has a loan balance of seventy three thousand six eighty, and a current payment of eight fifty a month on a ten year term. Uh, Marlena wants Jacob to look into a graduated repayment plan or a, a pay as you earn, which uh, I guess is the way that it works. You graduate once you start in your business, and then you can start paying, and that would uh, make him able to push some of that off. So, guys, where do we go from here? Serious well, they, issue, they right? need to They need to probably vote for Elizabeth Warren, right? And, and we'll yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's one solution, but it might take a couple of years. Let's talk about that just real quick, though. So yeah, I'm not going to get political worth- here, but... All right, so if you want to pay off the student, you want to have the government pay off everybody's student loans. Right. I get it. All right. That's that's going to help the students, and short-term for them probably is going to be helpful. Might even even stimulate the economy if people have the students have more money in their paychecks. Okay, I get that argument. So what happens long-term, though, because you're certainly not giving the educational institution any incentive to reduce their tuition costs. Correct. Uh, so is that really going to help the problem in the end? I mean, you're just going to no. have the government paying more and more money well, for people to get educated. Exactly. And, and there's are, there are those with this reparations mentality as well that have gone through the same grief and pain and paid theirs off. So right. do they get any sort of <laughs> exactly any sort of uh, compensation? I don't think it's in the cards, and, and I would be amazed if we do that. What I've seen in other uh, nations is when they do that, the supply of education tends to fall because yeah. the government then is the one who determines whether or not it's a worthy cause. I, I know I've heard numbers uh, bandied about 
uh, that the UK, who has a system similar to that, uh, about only 40% of the students available or, or eligible for college actually get accepted. What yeah, happens is we have the a standards good bit of them go over here through the roof. Kennesaw State that come from the UK. They really for do. That reason. And and those are some of the ones that I've talked to that actually will tell me just how it works. Yeah. I, you know, what, so what you wind up with is 100% of the population paying for 40% to go to school. Right. I mean, if that be the case, it it, it doesn't really smack of the the situation we have today where truly college and education is a is a uh, retail good you can yeah. go and buy it as long yeah. as you've got a halfway decent um record in high school yeah. um, you can be accepted to some school sure work and improve and even step further up into some of the better schools so uh to me it it's not the real solution but let's get back to this piece too yeah Sorry so, to digress there. That's okay. Um, like I say, we didn't make it too political, hopefully. Um, so what do we do to try to, to reduce this? What are some of the steps we could take? I mean, he's got a he's got a couple options. I mean, he can try to change his loan terms, or he could do an, an income-based you know, plan, so he would pay a certain amount based on his income. That can increase as he starts to make more money. Right. But it could alleviate some, some pain in the... In the beginning, I mean, you know, you're talking about a payment of 850 a month there, Troy. I mean, that's that's almost a house payment. Yeah, combined, they're paying over a thousand, about eleven hundred dollars a month almost. And, right. And that that is a house payment. That is well, easily it, a house it, payment. And the, you know, the the cash flow is what's important at, at this stage in their life. I mean, I think they're like 27 and 29 years old respectively. So uh, they they really need to worry about making the payments as manageable as possible. So whatever mm -hmm. means that is to consolidate loans, spread them out, do some kind of graduated uh, payment that would reduce the amount that they're obligated to pay every month to the extent that they have some excess money, they could try to pay it off a little sooner than that. But it's really more important to worry about what can you afford to do without sacrificing, you know, other things such as, 401k, you know, for instance, if you're getting sure. a match on your 401k and you're not taking advantage of it, then you're leaving free money on the table. Student loans are going to be there. Absolutely. You've got to save for your retirement as well. And, you know, that. I mean, they're in a hole, though. They're they are. Gonna, they're going to, it's going to take some time to dig out from it. And, uh, I mean, hopefully they, they use their loans wisely and we're getting an education that's going to go towards, uh, they're going to get some return on that investment in the form of a higher income at some point. So yeah. Maybe they maybe, maybe the they could look at a job that had a had a, a loan forgiveness part yeah. to there, it. There are, are some, some jobs out there that have that. Teachers in Georgia have that yeah. option. All right, you're listening to Money Talks. When we come back, we'll uh, finish this discussion and answer some financial questions from listeners. Stick around. Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with uh, Casey Smith. As always, he's a, he's a real uh, benefit to the show. Well, thank you very much, Troy. Yeah, there we go. That was we have very a, uh, authentic. Yeah, there we go. But the real, the real celebrity we have on today is uh, Marcy Stidham from uh, Kennesaw State University's Care Services. She is the director 
Uh, and we uh, we're wanting to try to help her get a little more information out about care services at Kennesaw State. So welcome you, Marcy, to the show. Uh, this is uh, our fun that we have every week, and you just get to enjoy a, a small piece of it. But Thank you for having me. Hopefully it'll be an enjoyable experience for you as well. Um, so uh, we've got a few questions that might help get the conversation rolling. Uh, so what is CARE? How long has it been around? If you just want to get started by telling us. Sure. So CARE started in August of 2011. Um, I technically started it. So it started with one student who came to KSU, mother had died, they were from out of state, and they were living in the halls of the dorms. And so at that time I was in the counseling center and the housing director at that time asked if I could help because I had become known for helping our students in counseling services who had high risk, high need. Um, issues such as um, suicidal, um, unmedicated schizophrenia, and different things of that nature. So they asked, could Marcy help with those students as well? So I am a social worker, and so I just approached it like a social worker and just went out, met with the student, um, myself and the director of the counseling center um, pulled her out of class, and we just said, we hear you're homeless, and, and I said, I'm a social worker, how can I help? And that was the first student. And from them, we have served well over 2,000 students. Wow. Wow, 2,000. Mm -hmm. yeah. God bless the heart of a social worker, no doubt. <laughs> Thank you. That's huge stuff. So uh, been around since 2011 now. A couple of years ago, uh, Kennesaw State and uh, Southern Polytechnic State University, SPSU, yeah. merged to become one in Kennesaw State. So are we helping on both campuses? Oh, yes. Um, okay. So we have a walk-in pantry on both campuses. We uh, strive to provide balanced services between both campuses. So we have case managers who rotate between both campuses to do one-on-one -on -one supports with our students who are struggling with homelessness or who are foster care or who are dealing with food insecurity. Um, and so the students can walk in the pantries and shop on the days that they are open. The one on Kennesaw campus is open Monday through Friday, Marietta campus, Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays. And so even today we were looking at how can we better serve our Marietta campus students. We had the data folks at KSU pull the numbers to tell us when are the most times students are sitting in class. So and we found out that Mondays and Wednesday in, in fall are about three to 4,000 students are sitting in class much more than they are during the day. So we're going to adjust our hours to accommodate them. Okay. So, yes, we, we try to target both of our student populations equally. Sure. So I imagine there's probably a pretty big stigma with students. They, nobody wants to go around telling folks that they're in need. So how do you get the word out among the students that uh, care services is there for them and, and the services that you provide? I've been blessed with a lot of support from administrative um, staff and students. So the biggest way to get it out is word of mouth. Um, our students refer students. Um, so it's so wonderful to see how they want to help each other. But we also advertise throughout the campus. We do different partnerships. This week we're rounding up to today with Donate a Swipe Day. This is a time where students can donate extra swipes from their meal plans that they didn't use this semester. And so that's a way to get the word out. Just last week, we passed out a lot of cards to financial aid, registrars, 
We're getting ready to redo the bags we do in partnership with KSU Police Department. So a lot of different departments on campus are trying to help us promote our services so we can help more students. Yeah, you mentioned since 2011 you would help 2,000 students. Yes. What is that like, like on a, a quarterly or, or semester basis? How many at a given time, how many students is CARE helping? So through our pantry, um, usually on an annual basis, we in our pantry we've served about 300 students. Um, that's individual. Now they, the shopping is a little bit different. Those different students may have shopped well over a thousand times. But since we've opened up our walk-in pantries this academic year, so last um, semester, we served 300 students in the pantry in just one semester alone. So we did what we usually do in one year, in one semester. Wow. And we had over 1,500 shopping visits amongst those 300 students. And then out of that, we have students that we do the one-on-one -on -one services with. And those are the students who we know have, are truly sleeping in their cars or couch surfing, who are, who are coming out of foster care and or are literally looking for how to find places to find food to eat. Um, and so those are about 100 students a semester. Again, we used to sell, serve that many students in about a year. Mm -hmm. um, but we did all that in one semester, last semester long. Wow. Big stuff. Marcy, aside from the, the food pantry, what other services do you guys provide at CARE? We're known pretty much across the country because we do case management. A okay. lot of schools are not a, have not figured out how to make that happen. Again, we're blessed to have a Master of Social Work program on campus, and so I use those interns to help us sit down with those students, come up with case plans. We're the first university in the country to have a dedicated um, integrated apartment or dorm room for students. So we have a two-bedroom, one-bath on Kennesaw campus and a two-bedroom, one-bath on the Marietta campus. And so right now all four of those beds are full, and we had a student last week that because those beds are full, we had to put in a hotel. Um, so, But we provide those services to those students to make sure that they don't have to worry about where they sleep while we're trying to figure out their case plan. We also have a temporary work program um, that is in partnership with Federal Work Study, and that is one of the first in the country where we partner with Federal Work Study to set aside a position just for students so we can be able to place them in temporary jobs on campus so that way, especially our foster care kids who don't get a lot of stability, they don't have a resume. So mm -hmm. this gives them a chance to have a semester-long job interview. I see. So, and then we also provide scholarships, but for all the things that we do, um, everything is functioning like a nonprofit. So all of our services are from gifts and donations. Um, you know, we just did a number the other day, and since we've been giving out gift cards in 2013, we've given out over $25,000 in just gift cards alone. And so those are our saving grace for our students. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Do you do you happen to have any success stories that you could share with us? I know they might be a little personal, but surely there's something. Oh my gosh, yes! I have um, six students graduating this semester. Um, some of the representatives from Hensel Financial came and had lunch with my graduates yesterday. One of them's getting ready to go to a medical preparatory school. Oh wow! Um, in Illinois, I have a student who's moving out to California as a music theory. Um, major and going into teaching um, and then I have one student who's getting ready to graduate in a couple of days she's already in her full-time job as a data analysis oh wow um, but so we have a lot of alumni out there one of my students right now he is um, graduated last in 2017 fall of 2017 and he was a mechanical engineering major when I met him he was sleeping in his car 
and now he is in the leadership program with Caterpillar. And they are moving him across the country, so he's right now in Texas. Then he's going to move to South Carolina this summer in June. And then before the year's out, he'll be in Chicago. And then once he's done, they're going to have him to choose where area he wants to work in, and he'll be on the executive leadership track. Oh, wow. So he's helping make big construction, earth-moving equipment. Yes. (laughs) Well, those are are some absolutely awesome stories. Um, Your face really lit up when you were uh, (laughs) – it's hard to capture that on the radio, obviously. No doubt. You can tell how proud you are. That's that's great. I'm a proud mama. There there you go. you got 2,000 kids. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's big stuff. So uh, people listening, obviously somebody might be moved to donate or help in some manner. Mm -hmm. How could they reach the KSU Care Center? So they can do it in a couple of ways. They can go to our website, care.kennesaw.edu. And when you go on there, there's a tab that says Help Care. It shows you a variety of ways that you can help us. You can come work in the pantry, or you can give food through our Amazon wish list, and we have a web, our webpage gives details on how to do that. Or you can give financially, and it also gives you links on how to do that. Um, and then a lot of people, they want to just email directly and, and talk, and so you can go to careservices at kennesaw.edu. That's our email address. And I, you know, when people email and ask questions, I always try to sit down and make sure I answer all their questions. And then from those, a lot of times people say, well, can I come and visit? And I personally provide the tours of our pantries and what services we have. Um, we typically don't tour the apartments because those are typically full. But, yeah, we I love to see how someone wants to give in a way that's meaningful to them and that has impact for my kids. Right. So give us that website address one more time. Sure. Care.kennesaw.edu or email us at careservices at kennesaw.edu. There you go. All right. Well, is there anything you'd like to add? Well, I just want to say thank you all. I mean, Hensler Financial has come in like a roaring lion and helped us, gave us 13,000 pounds of food just in the last two weeks, and the volunteers have been awesome. It made us get so ready for camp this summer for our homeless and foster care kids um, and that we're going to support and take care of that are in high school. So we do a camp every year, and so this will be our first year for homeless and foster care kids. So just having the volunteers come in and the support helped us take care of our kids we have now and the kids we hope to take care of this summer. Awesome. Well, uh, it sounds like you guys are doing great work over there. Thank you for being on our show. Uh, You're listening to Money Talks, and we'll be right back to answer some financial questions. Stick around. When you're pregnant, you start reading about the cost of having a baby. When you start reading about the cost of having a baby, you learn about the cost of sending that baby to college and immediately start saving all your money in a 529 plan. When you save all your money in a 529 plan, you save no money in your 401k, thinking your son will get a business degree from Harvard and take care of you in retirement. When you think your son will take care of you in retirement, he changes majors and gets a degree in jazz studies. When he gets a degree in jazz studies, he moves back home with you and you have to support him. When you have to support him, you don't get to retire. Don't be forced to work through retirement to support your jazz-loving adult son. Stop investing without a plan and upgrade to Money Talks. This is Money Talks. We're back. I'm Troy Harmon here with Casey Smith and Michael Griffin. And uh, 
want, want to give you a little bit of a way that you can contact us. We have a question hotline. It's number one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. The way this works, you call, leave your question, and we play the question on the air and the answer right behind it. If you prefer to talk to a human, you can call us at seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six. Uh, ask for the radio show. You'll get our producer, Kelly Lynn, and uh, she will help you get your answer on the air. That's a hiccup. How you like that, guys? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm at it again. I'm, I'm pretty consistent these days. Um, and, no, it wasn't the lunch I drank, just so you know. All right. Well, that's um, good to know, Troy. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, I wonder where my invite was. Yeah, well, um, if you don't want to call us at all, you can email, and the email is D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. That's Dr. Gene at Hensler dot com. Uh, you can also get some answers to your questions on our newly revamped website. Just a couple couple of weeks ago, we had uh, uh, had a uh, update of our website, and that's Hensler dot com. Again, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. So, guys, um well, first of all, I'd like to thank again uh, Marcy Stidham for coming on. She's from Kennesaw State University's CARE program, and uh, we had a, a nice discussion with her. Uh, awesome to see her face light up when we asked about the success stories um, yeah, in the really studio. Was, really was great. And, 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 and Troy, I don't know if we mentioned, and if she mentioned, and if I'm repeating, then I apologize, but I don't know if we mentioned what CARE stands for. Campus Awareness, Resource, and Empowerment. Yeah. So it is an acronym. There we go. I, I figured it was. I, she never did cover that, but she did tell us what they do, which yeah. is absolutely awesome. Uh, and to be honest with you, when I first heard about it, I was amazed that uh, here in our own back, backyard we have college students that uh, they are homeless. Yeah, definitely a, uh, a group that I did not really even know existed. Mm-hmm. Um, so very great that she was able to come on and raise some awareness for that and the program and all the great work that they do over there at, at Kennesaw State. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, I graduated from Kennesaw State, and before we I. and before As we met I. with her, I, I had no idea that there was that need yeah. over there yeah. that there it, is. It so is I amazing. had no clue. Yeah, but it sounds like they're doing great work and. Um, would love to have anybody who's uh, interested contact her and uh, and get involved. Absolutely. All right. So uh, when we last spoke, we were talking about Jacob and Mel- uh, Marlene. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, who are young professionals with a child and a whole lot of student debt. Um, Jacob's going back to college. Uh, has uh, has a couple of loans. Um, one that's growing uh, with his MBA. Um, looking for some solutions on stretching their income and not paying most of it to uh, to um, uh, the the repay their loans. Uh, so there's a few options, and I'll leave it to you guys if you want to. Absolutely, Troy. Right. I, I like <laughs> we'll, those hiccups. We'll, we'll you guys, we'll, we'll bail you out and take over from here, and uh, <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, you know, they can certainly he can look at changing the loan terms. Um, you know, extend it out uh, a little bit. That could reduce the uh, reduce the payments. Um, consolidating his two loans is also uh, an option. Uh, both of these could could substantially reduce his payments by uh, by a few hundred dollars a month at least. Yeah, there's some calculators that you can actually go to online. Um, you know, uh, finaid.org, I believe, is is one of them. 
Um, the other one is studentaid.ed.gov. Um, so both of those websites are, are good resources for you, you know, if you're in the situation to look and see what, what kind of options do you have. And there's calculators that you can actually figure what your payments will look like if you were to do something at an extended rate or a graduated payment. Um, uh, so there's, there's things that you can do to lower, as I, we were talking about in the last segment, the burden on a monthly mm -hmm. basis that's going to be coming from those student loans. So that's really the most important thing. I know one of Jacob's concerns is that he's going to be paying more in interest. And granted, that is something that could could be coming along with that if you're going to extend out the term of your loan. But at the end of the day, it's really more important about cash flow and, exactly. and making sure that you've got yeah. the, the cash to pay make the payment without being overly burdensome on your, your life. And that's where you financial planners come in because what you all do is a whole lot of cash flows Absolutely. for individuals. Yep. That is true. And so, something that they need to keep in mind also, you know, is these, these things don't usually go away with bankruptcy. So, you know, they need to, to get it in check, manage it appropriately so that they don't end up in a deep, deep hole. Yeah, Great and point. Michael, you mentioned uh, some jobs will actually help you uh, by paying off your loan if you stay with them for a certain amount of time. I Correct. think it's yeah, 10 some, years for the state teachers. Some teachers and, and some government jobs as well yeah. can can help, right. uh, you know, get rid of those loans. Yeah. If you've uh, you know, there are some of these instances where you could, uh, Jacob, instead of having an $850 a month payment, if he if he worked it properly, now it would take longer to pay it off, but um, $343 a month instead, $700. Somewhere yeah, between that payment two, yeah. or extended out for 300 months would be about 450 bucks a month. So you cut it almost in half, uh, and that that extra cash flow is really going to be important for him. Yeah. Even if even if you know they're able to take that excess and invest it, you know, depending on what the rates are, uh, you know, are, the rule of thumb really is if you're making more than you're paying an interest on your investment, then you might as you're okay to have the loan. I mean, student loan debt is not revolving debt like credit card debt. Obviously, you want to you don't want it to be burdensome, but uh, and somewhat of it's a matter of the risk that you're willing to assume. But mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, cash cash is king, right? That's right. Exactly. That's right. And saving, you know, saving to retirement, saving for house, new baby, all those are important variables that these people are considering as they look at their student loan. So it's yeah. it's all things to consider and keep in mind. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well, uh, we can move on. We got uh, one question. We'll have to answer it pretty quick. Paul from Pine Lake has written us, says, I've raised my kids to be independent and responsible, responsible with their money. Still hiccuping. Uh, we planned out how they would pay for all of the extras they wanted in high school and how they'd continue for college. Uh, we carefully discussed the loans they took out, et cetera, uh, I now have two college grads who have loan payments they can handle and good job growth potential. Good job growth potential, uh, except they want to live at home. Uh, they say it's to save money, pay down on their loans fast. Loans faster. It ties in well, doesn't it? It does. Um, uh, I want them to be adults, and uh, their argument is good. Uh, they're using my own words against me, but. Uh, I know having them live at home will cost me. Uh, what side of the financial argument are you on? So there you go, guys. Well, you know what's up. Paul's Paul's in this squeeze generation that we keep talking about. His kids are graduating from college, and his parents are probably uh, aging as well. May need to start taking care of them. And you know, it sounds like to me the 
the kids have the right idea that, you know, they want to pay off their loans and they want to get established, but, you know, Paul doesn't need to do that to the extent of his, his own retirement. I mean, he needs if these kids are working, he needs to make them pay rent yeah. or, or something. He doesn't have to charge them market rates maybe, but uh, make them pay, pay a little bit and, and have some skin in the game, and, and that way you're probably satisfying the best of both worlds. He's getting a little extra income to help out but they're not having to pay quite as much as they might in the open market. Yeah, it could also be a tool for the future when uh, you really do want them to move out. You just raise, raise the <laughs> rent. Raise the rate. That's right. I like that. I That's like that right. idea, Troy. Yeah. I like that. that idea. All right. Well, it is a, a major issue these days and, and the one that a lot of folks are having to deal with. All but. right, well, that's going to do it for Money Talks. We appreciate you listening, and uh, catch us again next week. I'm saying the market's going to be up. Casey? Always up. Always up, boy. Always. There we go. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.